Welcome to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. This podcast is presented by the Heavy Duty Consulting Corporation and hosted by our CEO, Jamie Irvin. At the Heavy Duty Consulting Corporation, we work with manufacturers, distributors, and repair shops who want to grow their business. Do you have a problem that you would like some help with? We have developed fault codes for heavy duty parts businesses, just like they have for commercial trucks. Find out how many fault codes your business has and how you stack up against dozens of other heavy-duty parts businesses. Head to heavydutyconsulting.com and schedule a meeting with us today. All right, let's start this episode. You're listening to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and this is the place where we have conversations that empower heavy-duty people. Welcome to an episode of the Heavy Duty Parts Report. If you are watching right now, you're going to say, wait a minute. That's not the Heavy Duty Parts Report studio. (laughs) I've got with me Tyler Robertson, returning guest from Diesel Laptops. I am on the road right now. We were just doing an interview and episode with AMBAC. You're going to hear that. Now we're down the road uh, at your studio. Tyler, thank you for opening up the DL studio and letting us record an episode for the Heavy Duty Parts Report. Well, when I heard you were doing a South Carolina Roadshow, like obviously it makes sense to have you come in here and do this, right? And next time you come, we're going to make you visit our new training center over in Columbia because Stephen Majors behind the scene here has another studio set up over there as well. Awesome. So we're Can't all wait. in We're all in studio, which is a weird thing. We sell diagnostic tools, but we got studios all over the place. Yeah, that's right. No that's right. That's right. So in today's conversation, what I really wanted to focus on, you know, at the Heavy Duty Parts Report, we're always concerned with talking about parts and talking about you know, how that impacts the trucking industry. But the reality is if you don't have someone there to install the part and diagnose the problem, you're not going to really sell any parts, are you? So technicians uh, talking about that is the subject of today's conversation. So first of all, Tyler, let's just start with a little bit of an overview. Right now we're recording. It's the end of June, 2023. What's the state of, of things for the diesel repair technician? Yeah. So I mean, we can talk unemployment or employment first, right? Or, or jobs that people are looking for. So it got really bad there. Like during the peak of COVID, it went up to like on just Indeed alone, there were like 80,000 job postings. Right. And that's just Indeed. So people post on other websites mm-hmm. and every job post, sometimes they want multiple hires. Yeah. Right. Now that numbers and what also happened with COVID is a lot of people left early. Yeah. So when we left, entered COVID and left COVID, there was a, a net loss of diesel technicians. So when you say they left early, you mean they were kind of on the bubble of retirement and then the COVID hit and they just thought, you know what, I'm just going to hang up the tools. Yeah, you had that happen. I mean, that happened across the country, right? Yeah. For a lot of jobs, they retired early or or people that had dual income houses went to one income house, like mm-hmm. uh, take care of the kids. Like a lot of variables went in there, but you end up with less and all the schools are kind of cutting back and not doing diesel tech programs either. Right. So the, the gap's been getting worse and worse and worse for a lot of years. And it's really frustrated me because I go to all these like, you know, conventions and, and organizations and they always have the same stupid ideas. Yeah. They're always like, oh, we're going to go talk to high schoolers. And, and, then, like, and then we're going to talk to grade, grade school. schoolers. And let's go talk to preschoolers. <laughs> I, I heard the grade school thing from somebody the other day. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> like there is no freaking way first of all, there is no way you're taking a high school kid who's had 18 years of like, you're going to college beating his head yeah. and going to a one hour show and tell him to being like, I'm going to be a diesel tech. Like yeah. that is, that is yeah. not happening at all. So to me, it's, it's when there's a big problem, it takes a lot more solutions. And mm-hmm. I, the examples I always get is, um, I know like, uh, there's a couple of them doing it right now, but it really started with like American diesel training centers. Yep. We're not going to send people to two year degrees and spend $40,000 and then kick them over to a dealership. Yeah. We're going to go put them in a 12-week class, teach them how to change oil and do the basics, and then they can go train up from there. 
And we're not going to go find high school and college kids. We're going to go find people in their 20s and 30s who probably weren't the best students, mm-hmm. didn't really pay attention in class. All of a sudden, they got reality of life. They got spouse. Maybe they got a kid. There were two. And they have to have a solid career, not yeah. just a job. They need a career to go make money and, and better their lives. They right. need motivation now. And then, like, we we were at Wyotech in Laramie, Wyoming a couple yeah. months ago. And, yeah. and the Heavy Duty Parts Report is proud to sponsor uh, one student a year uh, starting this October. Their approach is very interesting because it's a nine-month course. Yep. And it takes people and puts them into that working position instead of going to a two-year program where they have to take unrelated uh, course material just to get their degree. Yeah. Wyotech's been on my podcast as well. They do a terrific job. Uh, you also see at Polytechnic out, out west, right. uh, what they're doing out there with high schoolers. Like, mm-hmm. Unbelievable the amount of funding they get there yeah. to build those things. But they're they're getting at least they have a, a nice building. They're getting kids interested in it. Mm-hmm. And the parents are starting to accept like, oh, wait, wait, my son doesn't have to go to two years or daughter and they can make a hundred grand. Yeah. Like, what the heck? They make more than money than I do. But yeah, exactly. 30. Like, it's insane. Uh, Melissa, the diesel queen. Mm-hmm. She obviously works with us. She's been on your podcast. Yep. Uh, I mean, th- I think she bought a house when she was. 23 right 22 it's some, something ridiculous right and her, the story she gives is her mom has like three or four degrees and melissa makes more money than her mom does right exactly. and didn't, didn't go through all that so it, it's really unfortunate all the reasons we got here but it is a problem that still needs more solutions we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors we'll be right back this episode of the heavy duty parts report is brought to you by find it parts your ultimate destination for heavy duty truck and trailer parts Discover a vast range of parts at finditparts.com. Don't spend hours a day looking for parts. Instead, visit finditparts.com and get them right away. Parts availability and quality have a big influence on fleets and owner-operators' total cost of operation. If they can't find a part, it means more downtime. If they install a low-quality part and it fails, it means even more costs like tow bills, hotels, meals for the driver, and lost revenue. That's why we recommend Sampa. They manufacture a wide range of advanced parts for commercial vehicles. Their website has an intelligent product search engine and broad coverage of suspension, steering, and fifth wheel components. Expect more. Expect Sampa. Visit Sampa.com today. Yeah, okay, so that's what I want to talk about. So um, we, we know that we have to keep working at recruiting and retaining people in the industry. But there's got to be a technological solution that that goes along with that effort. So let's move the conversation yeah. to that, because one of the things that I see from the parts perspective all the time is, you know, the parts people, they're, they're trying to get the parts into the hands of the, the repair technicians. They're trying to do that as efficient as possible. But there's barriers that put undue pressure both on the parts counter and on the repair shop. So you're absolutely right. It's the same thing we say over here. When there's a complex problem, it means there needs to be multiple solutions to solve the problem. Number one is definitely talking about the problem. Influencers like Melissa and right. Missy, like all these people are talking about it and saying, this is a pretty cool thing. Hey, women can do this job, mm-hmm. right? That's that's one piece of the puzzle. Uh, the other piece is, is like, well, wait, what if we made all existing quarter million diesel technicians 10% more efficient? That's 25,000 jobs. That's right. So why do we focus on technology solutions to do that? And, and where can we save, where can we save technicians time mm-hmm. in that repair process? Because today it is a problem. Shops are booklogged for weeks. Mm-hmm. And for the audience that doesn't know this, shops love that. Yeah. Because their technicians are busy, they're flat rate, they can charge whatever they want, and they're all making money and bonuses. Like that's I was a service manager for years. I, I promise you this is the mentality. So the question is, is how do you make it more efficient? I, I think the journey with diesel laptops has been part of that. It's been at first it was 
well, we need tools to hook up to do a bunch of things to all make all models regardless. And mm-hmm. we kind of checked that box. But what we quickly found out was, well, once we had to teach them how to use the tool, and then we quickly found out they needed repair information. So we had to go build that. Uh, but then they didn't know how to do it. Right. So it'd be like, well, well, I'm not connecting. Like, well, go check your CAN bus. Do you have voltage? Like, well, I, do I have what? Yeah. <laughs> like, where? How do I do that? You're like, uh, okay. Right? But and what that leads to is really... They don't, most technicians, the majority, and I, I hate to say it's a service mm-hmm. field, but it's the truth. Most of them don't know how to properly diagnose and troubleshoot common systems. Right. They do it old school or they do the parts cannon at it or they just kind of, kind of wing it. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's really unfortunate that that's where we end up in and we see it all the time. So an example I can give you is we have a couple of really big clients of ours that buy hundreds or thousands of these laptop kits from us. And they pay us. Mm-hmm. We send trainers to their sites pretty much every day of the week and do training. Yeah. And I've asked my guys, like, what do you do when you get there? Because you don't have equipment. You're like on an airplane. Like, he's like, oh, he goes, every time we go there, we, we go like, where's the things you can't fix? And they always have them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're like, that's what we're working on today. And they're like, well, that's been to three dealers and right. blah, blah, blah. And this dealer's pointing at that dealer because it's one's a manufacturer, the engine, one's a trainer. You know, like, we're like, we don't care. Let's get hooked up to it. And every time without fail, our guys have that thing figured out. That's awesome. You know, and it, it's not because they lack the tool. They had the tool. Yeah. Um, and it's not because the place they sent it to had the lack. It was just they, they don't know how to do it. There's yeah, it's a, not even a, a lack of gap. desire. They, no, they everyone want, wants they to fix want it. They want to fix it. Yeah. They just don't know how. Nobody, they don't know how. Yeah. So uh, a good example, Mark Lipinski, he's one of our trainers. He was at this big mine up in uh, Elko, Nevada. And these are these like quarter million rock trucks. Right. And they had four of them parked. Yeah. And they have a full-time like a, like guy. Like an A280C or something. Yeah, just yeah. big ones. Yeah. And they had a full-time employee from Caterpillar on site and a full-time employee from Cummins on site. Like that's what they employ because they have I mean, just mass amounts of equipment. And they were like, those things have been sitting for two weeks. Mark got all four of them running up that day. Right. And they were like, it's cheaper to call you to come out and train us than actually have a diesel technician here that can't fix it anyway. Because <laughs> so, we're going to come back for more training here at yeah. the end of the season. Yeah, so, yeah. But it, it's hard to go upskill people. That, yep. that And it, it's really tough. And that's the unfortunate thing. And the other unfortunate thing is a lot of companies, especially small ones, are like, I can't afford it. I'm like, what do you mean? It's not that expensive. Like, no, no, no. We're booked up for three weeks. Mm-hmm. I only got four techs. Right. I send one to you. <laughs> Like, yeah, I'm getting nothing done. I'm not making any money. I can't. What am I? What am I going to do? And it, it's like it's like they're caught in that game of of the cat and the mouth, right? What What do I do? Right. They've got a bunch What's of urgent things that need to be done this week, and and yet this important thing of giving ongoing training continuously gets put to the back burner. So then it never happens. So what this comes down to is training. It comes down to making diagnostic tools stupid easy and quick mm-hmm. for people to solve the problems. So the one big innovation that we're unleashing here in July, um, it's never been done before, and we're super excited about it. And I've showed it to you. Like, I've been yeah, talking yeah. about it for years. That's one of the reasons and I'm it, here. <laughs> well, it, it, took, it took years to put it together. And what it is, it's fault code to part number. Right. Because today's process for people in the repair process is a technician hooks one tool up to a piece of equipment, gets the fault code, then goes to a completely separate system and looks up the repair information, mm-hmm. and then goes to a completely separate system or department to figure out what part number needs to buy to fix it after you diagnosed it. And usually they go to a force system and actually put the order in. Right. Right. You're like, and that process, we've asked people, I don't know, what have you asked like the average time it takes to look up a part? We know from when we've talked to customers, just that process of going from fault code to part number yeah. 
minimum an hour, right. usually more. And that's when if, if somebody has it in stock. If they don't have it in stock and they're making the phone calls and trying to find alternatives, that's a mm-hmm. whole other mm-hmm. thing. And what we built is basically in the tools itself, um, even like our little tool coming out where we use a phone to go from I plug my tool in, here's the part number I need to buy to fix my truck and all the other aftermarket alternatives in less than three minutes. Right. And to us, that's a huge game changer, which solves a lot of time for a lot of people. Yeah, it, it is. And then if you can then have the ability to go to a parts distributor who has a really good, robust e-commerce platform that has all of the data in there, they can just put that part number in. They can order it. That part number, they know when it's coming. It's going to be delivered. They can then book that vehicle to be fixed. I mean, it just streamlines the whole thing. And the reality is, in unless we can end-to-end solve some of those issues where we have a lack of efficiency right now, we're never going to hire enough people to solve the problem. We can't throw enough people at the problem because it's an issue of inefficiency. Yeah. I mean, I've been in shops most of my life, adult life, right? And I was a service manager. We had 30 technicians. I, I've been in all these shops. And there's companies you can hire to come in and help help you with your fixed ops and efficiencies. Mm-hmm. And one of the things they do in a shop, um, this is Key Advisors, the, the one line he always gives me is, uh, and he gives us to new customers, like, I will bet you everything in my wallet and a nice bottle of whatever. When I walk through that shop, not even 75% of your technicians are actually touching a truck. Right. And they're always like, no way. He goes, I have not lost the bet yet. Oh, man. <laughs> because they're doing something else. They're doing paperwork. They're standing at the parts counter. They're waiting yeah. for something. They're, they're waiting on something, sweeping the floor, waiting for the next truck. They're, they're doing something besides working on the truck. Yeah. And they start looking at like, well, why is that? Okay, maybe they don't need to walk to the parts counter. Have the parts counter walk to them. Those guys are cheaper than the technician, right? Yeah. The ch- technician charges 150 an hour. Parts guy doesn't cost that much. And they start looking at doing all these things to improve efficiency. So there's processes in your repair environment. There's technology solutions that are here today and there's more that are coming. And again, that knowledge gap. And it's 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 all those things need to happen. And by the way, those all lead to another word you mentioned, retention. Yeah. Right? The more you train up people, the more they're happy with their jobs, the better they execute. You know, all of a sudden another dollar an hour doesn't look that great somewhere else. Yeah, and people people want to win, right? So if they're working in a winning environment where they feel like they're doing a great job and getting things done. That's hugely attractive to most people. It is. It is. It's, you know, there's always the challenge now of, you know, a lot of, especially small businesses, they work um, in their business and on their business yep. and injecting new processes and new technology into a business like that can be, can be troublesome at best, unless it's it a, is. unless it's a big headache. Uh, I, I even sell like our diagnostic tools, our top tier stuff. That was like pulling teeth in the beginning. <laughs> Like, why would I do that? I'm like, you don't want one thing that hooks up to everything with no required annual fees. Why would I want that? I got this thing that's got 20 different programs on it. I'm yeah. Like, okay. They all come around eventually, right? Yeah. It takes it takes time. There's a learning curve there. Yeah. But technology, technology training, it's all coming. It's helping already. One of the things that I wanted to talk about was, uh, and we've we've highlighted this on the show before, but I love your diesel decoder because I think that that's a tool that every parts counter should have because then when you have guys pulling up. And they got a code. You could run out, plug it in, check the code. And now with full code to part number, you can run back in and give the person the part. Like every parts counter in North America should have at least one at the counter, maybe multiple. Oh, yeah. Because you can walk out to the truck and plug it in exactly. and be like, here's the part you just sell you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 100% agree. So the, the backstory on this little tool is I, I was so frustrated at it when COVID happened. We were like over budget, no clear direction. Yeah. Wasn't happy with who was lead. Like, I was just like, I hate this thing. And then COVID happened. I'm like, this is a great excuse to kill it. <laughs> like, right. This thing is going to be dead to me. So why didn't you? I, well, you know what happened is we actually work a lot with Dorman. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, and they were willing to do distribution for us. And I'm like, guys, I think I'm going to kill this. So like, no, <laughs> like we see what this is. Like, let's figure some things out. We'll help you guys. Um, Cause we couldn't, we're, we're not set up. Diesel is not set up to go sell 10,000 of one thing. Right. Uh, we're geared up to go sell a handful of $10,000 tools. Yeah. So what happened in that is they really convinced me. They said, nope, we'll give you a PO for a bunch of them. <laughs> that way you have to build them. That got your attention. Yeah. I was <laughs> like, like, well, if I got a PO, I guess we got to, I guess we got to go do it now. But you know, I look at that tool and today it, it really is amazing. I mean, literally it's a little bit like a half dollar size, mm-hmm. 350 bucks. That tool will hook up read codes, clear codes. Uh, we now have it doing, and it'll do fault code depart number very shortly here. Yeah. Uh, and then it does two other really cool things. Um, one, we added a bunch of the uh, DPF regens and reset commands to it. Right. So now you can really do a regen from your phone or I, re- I installed in DPF or any of those resets. And the other thing we've done is we've included what we call diesel health, which is a basically the ability to do a pre and post scan on mm-hmm. a vehicle and have all that information go to a, a website where you can log in and see every truck you've ever connected to in every scan. So amazing. it's it's amazing what a little three hundred dollar tool does. And one of our other reasons for wanting to kill it, we were like, well, this is going to take away sales from the ten thousand dollar tools <laughs> right, right. <laughs> because the things we're adding to this are the exact same questions people are calling about on the ten thousand dollar tool. And we were really concerned about, you know, kind of eating our own lunch a little bit. But uh, we just said, well, if it's not us, it'll be somebody else. So we might as well do this and figure it out. Well, and things are always evolving, right? And so you've got to be able to meet the need where the need is. So I applaud you for doing that. I really can't emphasize this enough. Every parts counter should have at least one, you know, drivers, you should have one in your glove box. Repair shops, you want to take that $10,000 tool out in the rain to the yard? Or do you want to just take diesel decoder to go out and do a quick check on a truck before you bring it into your shop? Like, this, is, this has so many applications, so you've got to buy it. It does, and I, I can tell the audience, too, there's some private label additions of that thing coming out now mm-hmm. as well, um, because what we found is that tool actually works in a lot of off-highway equipment. Okay. So now, because they use standard protocols, and use a nine pin, so that, that tool, we don't market it like this way, so it's like for the audience here, but <laughs> but really, it'll work in John Deere. It'll hook up yeah. and read the codes, do all the things. So a lot more coming with that little, I never thought a $350 tool would be like something I get excited about. So much, yeah, 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 yeah. But it's, but, it, but I'm there now. So yeah. yeah, it is on a lot of parts counters. Uh, Dorman has it. Um, HDA truck pride locations have it. There's, mm-hmm. there's some other distributors that have it out there as well. Uh, but a great little tool that, um, if it doesn't save you 350 bucks, like, geez, like yeah. nothing's going to help you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for opening up your studio, letting us record this uh, interview with you. Tyler, so great to see you again. Yeah. And welcome back on the show. Um, if people want to follow your show, The DL, where's the best place for them to find yeah, it? Yeah, just go to our website, go to the learn section. They'll see the link to The DL. I'm on LinkedIn. I still post on there quite yep. a bit. I love LinkedIn. I love connecting with people. You build the best relationships in this business. That is that is the best and free networking tool that I've ever used for B2B. Okay, so... Quick story for those who maybe are a little skeptical of the power of social media. So how did did Tyler and I meet? Well, I did an episode. So I made content about uh, diesel emission systems, and I asked a question purposely to try to elicit people's responses. So I said, you know, should you delete your uh, diesel emission system from your truck? And Tyler basically on LinkedIn messaged and said, no, you idiot, it's illegal. (laughs) And then I messaged back and said, well, now we're talking and that's why I asked the question. He's like, good point. <laughs> well done, good sir. Well done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So then all of a sudden uh, you come on the show 
we I make some more content together. And that was episode 13, the first time you were on the Heavy Duty Parts Report. And like the rest is history, right? We've had this long business relationship ever since. And like, I'm just so happy that I took that step. So if you're questioning whether or not this works, it absolutely do- does. You just have to kind of lead with a good intention, try to do your best to put out something of quality. And uh, and I'm not even talking production. I just mean the quality of the content you you put out, put out what you know. And people will respond and you never know where it's going to lead you. Yeah. People always ask me, like, Tyler, how do you get how many views you do on LinkedIn? I'm like, oh, it's super easy. Mm-hmm. You just post relevant traffic like three times a week for the next five years. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's yeah. What it is. yeah, that's it. <laughs> just just five years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you've been listening to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin. We are on location in South Carolina at the Diesel Laptop Studio. Thank you so much again for opening the studio. And if you want to find out more about everything that Diesel Laptops does, go to diesellaptops.com. As always, I want you to keep being heavy duty. Thank you for watching. And don't forget, if you want to subscribe to our show, head over to heavydutypartsreport.com. You can follow the show for free there. Check us out on YouTube. You can also follow the show for free wherever you get your podcast. Be heavy duty, people. Talk to you soon. HCA Truck Pride is the heart of the independent parts and service channel. They have 750 parts stores and 450 service centers conveniently located across the U.S. and Canada. Visit heavydutypartsreport.com slash HDA Truck Pride today to find a location near you. Again, that's heavydutypartsreport.com slash HDA Truck Pride and let the heart of the independent service channel take care of your commercial equipment.